Golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway Don't want no hackers to get in my way The boys and me got big NASA going it's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on ESPN 1080. Special guest with us this evening. Phil Jaffe, another PGA club professional who's been around the area, now uh, has a new company called Palm Bird Putter Grips. We're going to be talking to him in a few minutes, but uh, Phil, welcome. It's nice to have you in the studio. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, Rich Beat, big tournament this weekend for Sergio. You know, one of my secret crushes. You know, finally he got off. You know, this has been uh, waiting for a while for him to uh, finally... uh, Get his uh, job done, and uh, and how about that? How about picks up a, a brand new caddy? A caddy picks up a caddy, picks up a large check, picks up a Monday finish. You know, so uh, you know for Sergio, the hardest thing for him is to pay attention for that many days and keep in a focus. row. Sort of sounds you know, like so you. He actually can't even keep you focused for uh, you know a scramble <laughs> for crying out loud. I don't know. It must be that you know, a little bit of Italian, you know, in well, the blood. Well, uh, there's no Spanish in there, but uh, you know, Sergio, congratulations! Uh, it's been a long time, and you know, this will get him onto the Ryder Cup team. I want to know if he paid his caddy in euros or no, it's ten percent. You know, he said ah, the, you know, he was just in the background, and Sergio said this was part of getting his confidence back. That he felt he was depending too much on his caddy. I don't know what he was going on about, but anyway, you know, he said basically he pulled the clubs and he made the decisions, and he some of them were good, well, some of them were bad. You know, Holly, back in the day, you you picked up a caddy at the local spot. You know, you didn't bring a caddy with. You know, you go to the and place you paid and him, uh, right? yeah, well, you know, and you had local caddies at the club uh, that would take care of you there and you were just hoping that you got one of the bags you know as back in the day y'all fighting for the bags and um you know fortunately for sergio this is probably what he needed to do was get uh, a new caddy or something uh, you know he's uh, treating his caddy like uh, his old girlfriend or well something. i love sergio and it was great to see him in the winter circle and we're going to go to our main man now bob herrick from espn.com hey bob hey how's it going Hey, Bob Herrick, what's happening? Uh, it's Rich Bianco. we got Phil Jaffe in the house. Holly Gagan's here. She's entertaining as always. What do you think about the big win, Bob? <laughs> well, I thought it was sort of a long time coming. You know, um, you know obviously he won 12 last year uh, on the European Tour, which people forget, which actually helped him out greatly in terms of the world rankings and such. But he hadn't won since the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour four years ago. It just seems like... Uh, you know, so long uh, for a guy who's, uh, you know, we've, we've thought of so highly for, for such a long time. So hey, it's good for him. It, it assures him of being on the European Ryder Cup team, which, uh, uh, you know, we, we went through one without him. I, I just think it would have been uh, criminal almost for him to not be back at Medina. So um, it's all good. It's a good. I think it's good for the game to have Sergio up there. Well, I think it just shows you, too, how... 
uh, for some of these guys, and, and Sergio is definitely one of them, um, how, how much uh, the Ryder Cup means. And another guy who played uh, quite well on Sunday, um, uh, Colsarts, who is also uh, vying for a spot on the team on the Euro side. Yeah, and he's gone back over there to play in uh, the Johnny Walker this week. Their last qualifying event, you know, really is there's only one spot open, it looks like. I mean, really only realistically one spot remaining off the European points list, which is for for play on the European tour, and and he could knock out Martin Keimer, uh, which, you know, at this point the captain, Jose Maria Olazabal, might like to see happen because I think he, he might pick Colsarts anyway. If Colsarts makes the team on his own and knocks out Keimer, who's not played very well, that would allow him to pick Poulter and maybe a guy like Padraig Harrington, who's got a lot of experience and who's nowhere near making the team, but has at least shown some life this summer. Otherwise, if uh, if Colsarts doesn't make it, he's probably picking him and Poulter. So uh, uh, either way, it's going to be a good team. The European team is going to be very strong. Yeah, Keimer clearly has been struggling and has, uh, you know, talked pretty openly about it. He's sitting, what, at number 10 right now? Yeah, well, the way it works for them is it's a little bit more confusing. I mean, in theory, it is number 10, um, but but they've got two lists. Uh, They they do first um, the the, uh, European tour points list, and then they go off the world rankings, but they... They take it's a world list based on how many world ranking points you've earned since their qualifying criteria began. But some guys are show up in both lists, so then they knock them out. So, like in the, for example, Luke Donald is going to be high on both lists. Uh, he, he's played well on the, on the European tour, and he's got plenty of world ranking points. He gets knocked off of the world ranking points, so that that allows them to go farther down that list. But to, for simplicity's sake, uh, Keimer uh, is on the team. He has the last available spot on the European Tour points list, which is the European Tours, the guys who just play there or, or you know, who are earning points on the European Tour. And Colsart, uh is just outside of that. Uh, and he could bump him out if he has, a, I, I believe, a top-two finish at, at the Johnny Walker this week. Uh, otherwise, it's uh, it's going to be uh, Keimer and you know the, the other ten guys. You know the the usual guys that we know of, uh, Rory Westwood. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Graham McDowell is on there. Um, uh, one of the Molinari brothers is on there. I believe it's Francesco Eduardo's injured. Um, and uh, Peter Hansen, who lives in Orlando, has had a nice year. Uh, they've got a solid team. Very solid team. I mean, it's pretty. It's sort of like on on the American side when a guy like Hunter Mahan does pretty well and can't make it make it make the team. You know, Ian Poulter's played pretty well and isn't isn't assured. So uh, he's going to have to be a pick, and uh, I think he will be one. He's played very nicely in the Ryder Cup. We're talking to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. So switching to the American side, uh, does it look like a slam dunk for uh, the captain's picks? Do you think Davis Love, uh, Furyk, and who else? You know, I, I don't think it is a slam dunk. I, I think it's, you know, he's got four choices, obviously, and, and you know, Hunter Mahan fell to ninth 
you know, the, the, the week before the, the qualifying ended. So basically he's in the top eight the whole year until the second of last tournament. He won twice this year, including the match play, over Rory in the finals. And, you know, he's, it, it, it's almost unprecedented for a guy to win twice and not make the U.S. Ryder Cup team. It kind of says something about the team. Everybody on the top eight won a tournament this year. Uh, and Mahan won twice. So, I mean, he's kind of a guy, it's kind of hard to not pick number nine with two wins. A guy who won a match play event. So then you go down and, you know, I think Stricker is a lock because he can play with Tiger and he's, he's a good putter. And that's very, very important. Furyk, it sounds like Davis Love is going to pick him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Um, I don't know that he's a lock. I think maybe these. I think he needs to show something here these two weeks to, to solidify it. I mean, if he really plays poorly in these two FedEx events, maybe not. But I, if you assume that Stricker and Furyk are in, and that Mahan is kind of hard to leave off, then 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 you're down to Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Snedeker. Um, you know, I think it's kind of those three. I mean, people have mentioned Bo Van Pelt. Bill Haas, uh, but I, I think you have to look at Fowler, uh, Snedeker, and Dustin Johnson, and then it's really kind of what does he want? What does he really, really want? Does he want experience? Uh, you know, or obviously there's not a lot of experience there. Does he want the hottest player? Uh, that might be Dustin Johnson, although he's not had a great year and he's not played well in either President's Cup or Ryder Cup. He's been in. Snedeker's never been in either. <clears throat> but he's a good putter, and the U.S. doesn't putt well typically at the Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, Fowler made those clutch, he made that clutch run at the end of the last Ryder Cup. But even though he won a tournament this year, he hasn't done much since. So, I mean, you've got, there's so much there. So to just to definitively say, oh, you have to pick this guy. I don't, I think there's a lot of different ways he could go. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think these two tournaments, the Barclays and the Deutsche Bank, you know, I, I think, Somebody who shows something in those is going to have an upper hand. I mean, that that should be the tiebreaker. That's the whole point of waiting. Completely agree. So turning to the first of the playoffs here at the Barclays, Beth Page Black Course, of course, uh, site of the U.S. Open, and uh, nothing better than being in the heart of New York. Uh, size it up for us, the field, of course, so Tiger and Rory, and it's going to be quite a week. <coughs> Yeah, I, I've you know I've been saying since this whole thing started in 2007. I know that the FedEx Cup playoffs are often jeered, and, and you know I think we amongst us, all of us right now, maybe come up with a better format. We we could probably by the end of the show come up with a form better than the one that they use. But that said, it's still we would not have these great tournaments and great fields at this time of year were it not for the FedEx Cup. I think that's the greatest thing about it. After the PGA Championship in 2006, which Tiger won, by the way, he pretty much vanished. You hardly saw him um, the rest of the, the PGA Tour season. True. And that was the same for the other top guys. They, they were very sporadic in where you saw them, and hardly any of them ever played the same tournament. And they didn't even all show up for the tour championship. I mean, the tour championship was played in early November, and it was it was a total afterthought. Now we've got these four events. Uh, the fields get a little they get they shrink each week. 
Um, they're on good venues, in, in, in good places where there's a lot of interest. I mean, it's going to be through the roof in a couple of weeks in Indianapolis where they don't play golf every year, uh, a tour event. And then, uh, you know, they've got this big money they're playing for every week, $8 million bucks each tournament, uh, then, then the big bonus at the end that they, they can play for. That's what Rich B is uh, playing for this week, $8 million. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, a really good thing. I, I just wish that they would give some thought to the format, you know, maybe making the last event one where we don't have to sit there and have calculators out trying to figure out who's doing what. And the whiteboards um, and the Ouija boards and all the yeah, rest of I it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is, um, you know, I, I think it's okay for the first three tournaments. It's, it's fairly, you know, cut and dry. You know, if, if you've gotten, if, you, if you're high up on the list at this point, you're, you're going to advance each week, and your, your, your chances of not getting to Atlanta are pretty slim if you're if you're high up there starting out, but once they're there, it would be nice if they just started over and the winner of the tournament wins the FedEx Cup. You know, instead of a guy, you know, one year they're going to have a guy finish 25th in the tournament and win the FedEx Cup, or they're going to have a guy who didn't win a tournament all year, which is possible. It's been mathematically possible where a guy didn't win a tournament and could win the FedEx Cup, and you're going to you know, he finishes second or third in the tournament, doesn't win the tournament, but is standing there and holding the, the, the trophy. Uh, that's why I think they just need to simplify it, come up with another way, uh, maybe split the prize, split up the, um, uh, split up the bonus money and, and give five million to the winner of the points through the BMW. And who's ever on top there gets a five million dollar bonus. That would make those first three tournaments all the more compelling because you want to get to number one by the end of that third event. And then they all go to Atlanta. You start from scratch, 30 guys. The winner that week wins the tournament plus the, plus the bonus, a $5 million bonus instead of 10. And uh, it, I think it just would be a lot more interesting to know whoever wins the tournament wins the whole thing. Look at this. See? President of the Golf Writers Association of America. We're, we're, we're going to have you call Tim Fincham and say, you got this all figured out, Bob Harrod. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is I, I don't think the players like that idea. You know, they want there to be, they want this to be more about you've earned, you've earned it through the year. And, you know, the way they have it set up now, you're in the top five going into the tour championship, and you win. You're going to win the FedEx Cup. So they want there to be this incentive for a guy to get top five, but still that doesn't that doesn't uh, close the other loopholes. You know, it was um, a couple of years ago. I want to say 2009. There was a scenario where Furyk had did not had not won that year, and he could win the tournament, and or he could not he could finish second in the tournament, and still win the FedEx Cup. And I just think that's you know that. We would be walking away from that thing. Just it would be an odd feeling to know that um, you know the guy who won ten million dollars didn't win a tournament all year and didn't even win that tournament last year. Bill Haas didn't know that he had won both. When he when he won the tournament, he wasn't aware until Tim Fincham handed him the trophy that he actually also won the FedEx Cup. It was that close. There was, you know, he, he, there were scenarios whereby he could, he could win the tournament and not win the FedEx Cup. You know, so it's, 
I just think that's if the players don't know, it's way too much for the fans to ask them to know. So, but again, you know, big picture, I think that this concept has been really good for the game. Uh, if they can just make it better. Completely agree. Bob Herrig from ESPN. Uh, give us your guy who's going to be standing with the trophy at the Barclays on Sunday. Well, I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned it, but I picked Sergio last week, believe it or not. Oh, my God. So, Are you kidding? I know I picked Tim Clark, who almost uh, gave no, him a shot there. Whoa, golf I, Oh, my God. I Woo! actually had him in, you know, my, I do these, we all do these picks every week, and I, I pick four guys, but I pick a winner. And it's not very often I even have one of the four <laughs> who wins. We're going to have to rewind that tape from yeah, last I'm week, Bob. I'm about to right. notes so, here, Bob. <laughs> so, uh, well, I don't think I, I don't know if I said it on the air, but it was definitely in print. I can find it and send you the link. <laughs> right. but, uh, I, uh, you know what? I, I actually picked Phil, believe it or not, even though he's not, uh, not done much this year. Um, Phil's in the, in the la- in the both U.S. Opens at Beth Page, he was runner up. And he just seems to really love the golf course, and he loves you know, New York. I, I, there's no doubt about I've it. I gotta believe he he snaps out of this at some point here. So maybe this is his week. Well, and coming to the Ryder Cup, he gets a little juiced up. So uh, maybe it's maybe it's his week for sure. We'll see. I you know I, I <laughs> I've been wrong way more than right, but it'd be kind of fun to see him up there. All right, Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Check him out online. Check him out on the big tube week to week. He's the best in our business. Thanks, Bob, so much. Thanks a lot. You're listening to Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN Orlando. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The Golf Insiders taking you home. Fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B and our special guest, Phil Jaffe, who we'll be talking to in a few minutes. Palmer. But uh, Palmer. you know what? Rich B, you know what time of year it is? It's time for the World Amateur Championship, the biggest amateur tournament in the country. Didn't you call in from like the 19th hole last year? You were there. uh... Biggest 19th hole on the planet, Rich B. (laughs) I know. This year you're going to jump in the car with me and uh, take that little trip up the road. But uh, this is one of the best events. Uh, It's been around, I think this is the 28th or 29th year for the event. And we've got the tournament director himself, Chris King, on the line. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today, Holly? Oh, doing great. Um, Boy, this is a big event. You take over more than 60 golf courses in the Myrtle Beach area and almost 3,000 players who uh, participate. Tell us a little more about what the festivities are this year. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's an incredible event. We've got 3,100 players coming in this year from 25 countries, 49 states. Um, it is a it is a massive undertaking because, as you know, I mean, you know, hey, they come in, they play. It's a 72-hole it's a net stroke play tournament. All tournament participants play a different course each day. You play with different pair, different partners each day, so the tournament's got to be repaired every night. Um, you know, and just so we can enhance the the consumer or the players. 
experience. You don't play the same. You won't play the same courses this year. You played last year, so there's a lot that goes into it. But it is a it is a wonderful event. You know, I mean, it's it's a chance for for everyday golfers to to experience something that's that's akin to what PGA Tour pros do on a weekly basis. You know, you get that opportunity to to grind out four rounds of golf and it's a again it's a it's a wonderful event and it's a lot of work but we really look forward to it every year yeah it's a lot of work um, and you have an amazing team it's a lot of players to get around uh, over the course of four days a lot of flights and checking the handicaps and making sure uh you know everything is legit because i know you guys have quite a formula and uh, you know it's a very very well run tournament i see for the first time you're going to have somebody from china playing yeah, we um actually we're going to have eight players from China this year. It's something we are extraordinarily excited about. Um we're actually working with a company called Oli Sports that's uh, based out of a Gangshao, I believe is how you say it, and they ran like a a series of qualifying events in China. There were 862 people in China that are initially you began. Me? No, uh, there was they eight uh, qualifying events across the across the country. And uh, the, the people, nine people, advanced out of each qualifying event, and they went to the the China finals. And eight for excuse, eight from there have advanced, and will uh, will be here in Myrtle Beach next week to play in the World Am. So it is it is something we are really really looking forward to. Wow, that's fantastic! And you've got our uh, very own. Uh... Golf Channel's Charlie Reimer, who will be emceeing the festivities. And uh, tell us a little bit about the 19th hole. Of course, uh, one of the best parts of the event. Uh, four nights, you get all the food and uh, adult beverages you want to drink and get to test out clubs. It's a great time. Absolutely. You know, Ollie, I mean, what we tell people is the 19th hole is really kind of the, the heartbeat of the event. A lot of people sign up for the World Am for the competitive portion of it, and that's certainly important. But, you know, it's each night at the 19th hole where we take over the Myrtle Beach Convention Center. You get served a, a full meal. You know, as you were mentioning, you get the opportunity to go there and demo Alley and hit the latest and greatest equipment. We're going to have 36 uh, golf exhibitors in there. It's just, uh, you know what, it's an opportunity to kind of immerse yourself in the game and be surrounded by like-minded people. Again, as you mentioned, free food, free drinks. I mean, you can drink the Gosling's rum. They're dark and stormy every night for free as part of your admission price. It's just a, it really is a unique experience, and it's, uh, you know, I think the, the enjoyment people get out of that is reflected in the number of people who return. I mean, you know, hey, we've got... Uh, this year we'll have 13 players that have played in all 29 World Ams. Okay, so now I'm 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 excited. I want to get in. Now, uh, what do I do? I need a handicap. I need to have my entry fee in by when? Well, your entry fee we needed to have that in because it's a uh, it, deadline was August the 7th to uh, to actually get in. Uh, you need a verifiable USGA handicap. If you're you know if you've got listeners out there that are interested in the event, check us out. It's at WorldAmGolf.com. We'll update the blog three or four times a day with, with photo galleries, videos, stories. There will be leaderboards posted each night so you can you can follow how your friends are doing and just see how the uh, how it's coming along. Wait, wait, wait. Am I going to be in uh, the seniors over 55? I, I guess if you're over 55, you certainly will. Now, is there like age brackets, handicap brackets, the whole bit, Ab- right? Absolutely. You are flighted by age, gender, and handicap. How many flights are there? I believe there will be 68 flights. This year. Oh, so everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. This is well, this, this is quite a tournament, let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, all flight winners and ties will advance to, to Friday's World Championship playoff at the TPC Myrtle Beach, and from there, you know, hey, we have I uh, have one winner that emerges. Wow, and one that's the winner. person crowned World Champion last year. Uh, 
Bobby Perkinson's our defending champion. He was a uh, he's a three and a half handicap. We had Bobby on, yep. And you've had a wide wide range of uh, handicap winners over the course of the twenty nine years. That's for sure. Yeah, we have. We've had everything from Bobby's actually not the lowest handicap to win. I believe we had a three handicap win one year, and we've also had someone as high as thirty four. So. You know, we've had five women win. Um, you know, obviously wow. multiple multiple men. I mean, it's a look. It's truly an event that is open to anybody and that anyone can win. And I think that's that's really kind of the appeal of it. You know, I mean, it's a it's a very inclusive event. Well, it is one of the best tournaments you could uh, participate in, and um, in terms of all the hospitality, and it has a great goodie bag too. You get a fifty dollar uh, PGA Tour Superstar Superstore gift card, and shirt, and uh, some glasses, and all kinds of good stuff. Chris, you you really go all out. Yeah, well, hey, we appreciate it, Holly. We, you know what, we do our best to try to provide a customer experience and value that that we don't think can be matched by anything that even comes close. I mean, you know, this is the largest event of its kind by, you know, you know, exponentially. I mean, I don't think there's anything within 2,000 players of it, but but we still continue to strive every year to provide that sort of value. I mean, you're saying, I mean, it's. You could have registered this year for our early entry deadline. It's $425 for four rounds of golf, the goodie bag you're referencing for admission for you and a friend into the 19th hole. 425 Rich, Rich B's hitchhiking, for crying out loud. Wait, wait, wait. You <laughs> have to He'll bring... drink that much just hey, at the bar. You get to bring a friend? <laughs> and you get to bring a friend. Oh, my God. That, that is sounds a deal. like fun. All right, Chris. Well, uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next week. I'll be up there. And, um, again, for our, our listeners, it's worldamgolf.com, correct? That is that is correct, Holly, and we'll uh, we'll see you at the nineteenth hole. All right, Chris. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks Chris for having King me on with the uh, World Am Championship up in Myrtle Beach next week. We got to take a break. You're listening to the Golf Insider 1080 ESPN. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I got my dentures shining bright. I got a dentist. We're back, the right golf insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G., Along with Rich B and our special guest, Phil Jaffe, with Palm Bird Putter Grips. That's that's a tongue twister, Palm Bird Putter Grips. Phil, tell us a little bit about this putter grip. It looks really cool. Well, it is pretty cool. We uh, tested it and made it over the past year, and it keeps the club head on line and allows you to make a lot of short putts. So tell us about this unique design. It's um, crescent-shaped, and it's got a beveled bottom, um, a non-tapered grip body. This seems to make a lot of sense, and especially with all the new types of putter grips and grips that are out there, the oversized, etc. cetera. Um, how did you come up with this idea? Well, I discovered the shape while cutting down a bird of paradise one year, and I put it in my hands, and it felt like a, a really cool putter grip. The cool thing about it was that the there was no flat sides on it, so it really conformed to the roundness of my hands. A lot of the grips nowadays still maintain a flat side, but the problem with that is that you're pressing on the front of it, and you're trying to create a lateral stroke. But So by pressing on it, you're going in opposite 
pressures. Our grip allows you to just have lateral pressure and create a lateral stroke. And, of course, the, the roundness conforms your hand a little bit better. Ah, so this is where the palm bird name comes in. Palm bird, uh, the bird of paradise. Bird of paradise, and it fits in your palm. And uh, Sam Sneed once said, uh, hold the putter in your uh, hand like you would a bird. Ooh, I like that. So it's uh, naturally back-weighted, providing greater control of the putter head and decreases tension. I totally get this in your shoulders, your arms, and your hands, um, hopefully reducing the yips if you happen to be suffering from that. Absolutely. The uh, the size of it is, is one of the things that everybody notices, and it's not tapered. So by having the same size of the grip in your left hand and your right hand, you have equal pressure. And uh, the, the way that it is, it's kind of big, so and it's made out of rubber, so it is very heavy. Uh, what we found is that it's roughly half the weight of most putter heads, so it gives you a really nice counterbalance and makes the club feel like it's all one. Presently, many of the putter grips are uh, lightweight, like 55 to 70 grams, so that's like a, a quarter of the putter head weight. And so you have a real light uh, grip and a uh, heavy head. And what happens is that your hands will get fatigued after a while holding a, a heavy head at the end of a putter shaft. It's great. I love it. And it uh, conforms with the USGA rules. Absolutely. And made in the USA. Made in the like USA. That. We like that. And you're a guy from Orlando who's invented it. You love that even more. How about that? Well, we got a guy on the line who might want to um, find out more about this. We're going to go to our man, Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Hey, hold Great. up your sentinels. Yay, everybody hold up your Yay. sentinels. <laughs> Every morning. We got a, 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 a budding new company right here in Orlando, Jeff, uh, Palm Bird Putter Grips. Uh, it's a pretty pretty cool concept here. We'll have to pass one along to you. <laughs> Definitely sounds interesting. And uh, for, for a guy that could, I mean, who could, who couldn't use a few more putts going in the hole, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think it's um, interesting to see how you know how the game again continues to improve uh, technology-wise, and somebody actually looking at something like the putter grip and saying, "Hey, there's a better way." All right, hey Jeff, uh, talking. We're talking about putting, and uh, did you happen to catch the uh, U.S. Amateur f- final, uh, the, the last few holes? Uh, no, what was I? I don't do not remember what I was doing. You, yeah, the U.S. Amateur this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. It was, it was awesome. Uh, came the guy was two down with uh, two to go, and uh, he putted his way back into it. And the kid lost it on the 18th hole. Okay, to go into the first hole of the playoff, he bounced it off the back of the hole. Absolutely, that, that that's a result of having a very light putter grip and a heavy head, and you got some <laughs> adrenaline going, and bam. Okay, so he hits it in and out. Uh, it was fun to watch. And then it was at Cherry Hills, Jeff, in, in Colorado. So uh, the first hole they go to is the one that Par- Arnold Palmer drove right. back in 1960. He drove a 300-yard hole. So this guy that he's playing against hits his driver, and he hits it like 20 yards past anyway, uh, and he fails to get up and down. But the guy that wins it knocks in the putt. Uh, he birdies the hole, you know, and uh, played the hole very conservatively. And it was, uh, it was, you know, typical amateur golf at its best. The putter shined again. It was, uh, it was very interesting. And it was fun to watch. 
And now, uh, what, what do you? What were you doing on Sunday? Uh, if you don't mind my asking. You know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to recall. I think I was trying to do some home repair that hadn't been addressed uh, while I was on the road for last. <laughs> oh, he wasn't even watching the tournament. He was no. taking a real day off. No, huh, Jeff? He, he had a little honeydew list. Yeah, <laughs> mama. <laughs> uh, well, Jeff, I have to ask you because we haven't talked about it yet, and I've just been biting my tongue. Of of course, the big news this week was Augusta National admits their first two female members. I can't believe I didn't get the call, but um, pretty exciting news. Condoleezza Rice and Dara Lamore, your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, that that uh, obviously it's it's a great move for Augusta National. It's it it finally removes uh, the stigma that uh, that has been on them for the past decade plus. And I don't think that they're the only ones. I, I believe that there will, that there will be more, uh, as we go along. Uh, you know, we, we've talked in the past about, uh, Virginia Rometty, the, the chief executive at, at IBM, whose promotion to that job kind of rekindled this whole thing Big in the time. spring. Big I, time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that she's probably in the pipeline, but what I think people don't understand about, uh, the Augusta National process is that it is a long vetting process, multiple years. And so, uh, in fact, I just finished writing a column that's up on OrlandoSentinel.com. I think that that whole contentious exchange at uh, Augusta National during the Masters when this came up was, in reality, Billy Payne taking one for the team. Because if, if it takes more than a year to go through the vetting process, and that's, that's what I'm hearing from the people that I know inside, it's what I'm also reading from other other people that know other people inside. Uh, Billy Payne had to know that Condoleezza Rice and Darla Moore were in the pipeline when he took all of those questions, and he just tried to toe the line on not discussing membership issues. But he, he knew, I'm, I'm certain that he knew deep down that this was going to resolve itself before the end of the summer. Well, it's interesting. It would explain, too, why they didn't extend that invitation to IBM CEO, uh, but it certainly did uh, bring this conversation up um, front and center at this year's Masters. And interestingly enough, because of the um, uh, sponsorship agreement in which um, the TV sponsors, the, the head of the company gets a, a membership. So that obviously kicked this up to the front burner. Uh, but interesting that, uh, you know, Darla Moore, who is a financier, I guess, from um, South Carolina, and, of course, uh, Condoleezza, a longtime uh, friend of golf, avid golfer, great, uh, great two, uh, two members. Yes, absolutely. And I think what people may not realize about Darla Moore, because she does tend to shun the spotlight, Darla Moore is from South Carolina. Hootie Johnson is from South Carolina. They're both in the banking industry. Hootie Johnson was the one that put Darla Moore up for nomination. That's a pretty good uh, nomination if Hootie's <laughs> endorsing you. Very, very much so. And, and she's earned her stripes in the business world. She, before she went and joined her husband uh, with, with this own private uh, investment firm, you know, she was the highest paid woman in the banking industry with manufacturers Hanover Bank. 
Well, it is a great, uh, obviously, a important day for golf and for uh, women's sports. Uh, great significance. And I think Martha Burke must be smiling as well. It was 10 years ago, of course, she staged her protest, uh, as I remember, not to a very large crowd. There were probably about 30 people and about 100 media, I think, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a it was a half mile away in this ant infested field, and the, uh, you might have been able if you shouted really, really, really loud, got your voice uh, to the security guard on the corner of the gate. But uh, uh, that that was uh, that, that was just a uh, that was a circus. That's probably the best word I can come up with, you know, for for that entire weekend. Uh, she, I, you know, if you listen to uh, her. Uh, piece with ESPN Radio on Monday. She's definitely claiming victory. And, and you, you know what? I think Hootie Johnson and, and Billy Payne can claim a little victory as well because this was done uh, to Augusta National's standards. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it took a long time. But we know that in a lot of cases, you know, how long did it take before we actually saw the front nine on TV at Augusta National? There are certain very things where true. Augusta National is going to be very deliberate and I think no area more so than who is going to join them on the membership roles. And if it takes if it takes multiple years to vet their candidates, they're going to do that. They're not going to fast track anybody. But finally, uh, Condoleezza Rice and, and Darla Moore, uh, you know, got through the entire process. Uh, a lot of it was probably done without their knowledge too. You know, they they were probably. Uh, being judged and, and looked at uh, long before they were aware that they were candidates for the job. Yeah, I wonder who's got the stricter standards, the U- U.S. government for the Secretary, Secretary of State background check or uh, Augusta, Augusta National, National background check. Like, who are your friends and who do you uh, associate with? I tell you what, perhaps we, perhaps we should nominate Augusta National to do some vetting of our political candidates. <laughs> not, not a bad point at all. Well, they did a good job uh, between banking and politics in terms of uh, some very, very successful women, and it's a, it's a great day for golf and, and uh, women's rights and women's sports. It's, it's fantastic. So let's look at the playoffs here, Jeff. We're uh, going into the Barclays. Give us your thoughts as we start the playoff series. Well, what I'm interested in is to see how this course plays uh, at Beth Page Black uh, as a playoff event as opposed to a United States Open uh, because it sincerely uh, kicked some tail and took some names <laughs> at both of the uh, at both of the U.S. Opens. You know, Tiger Woods obviously uh, played best uh, at, at in 2002. Um, and you know the way 2009 was, as wet as it was, you almost have to throw that year out as an aberration. But I want to see if it's a little different setup than it was in those years. Maybe a little bit more reachable, uh, more birdie opportunities. I think that uh, going in, uh, because Tiger has had a certain amount of success there, he's probably the favorite. Um, but uh, that he's not necessarily the hottest golfer, uh, and that's what I'm kind of looking at this weekend. Before we went on the air, Jeff, we were talking to one of the sales guys here, uh, Barry Goodman, who grew up in that area, said he used to play it for a dollar fifty. <laughs> How do you like that? And he said you didn't have to camp out in the parking lot either. Wow. 
uh, if you had both of those things going, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, no uh, kidding, because the parking would cost you probably twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't get a bag of teas for a dollar fifty anymore. No. Um, okay, so uh, let's see some of the hottest players coming in. Of course, Carl Pedersen, uh, Roy McElroy. Now, uh, what do you what do you think? Is it going to be somebody who's going to wake up like maybe Bubba, who could stand to uh, you know juice up the game before going into going into the playoffs in the in the uh, season ending tournament? Well, this might be a year, speaking in, in a general sense, where you favor the Bombers uh, in the playoffs because that stage is going to be a long one, and then don't forget two weeks from now uh, when it switches to the BMW Championship, they've got that at Crooked Stick. Uh, uh, over in Indiana this year, and that was won by John Daly when uh, the PGA Championship was there. So I That's think right. this is a good year for Bombers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And an exciting uh, uh, venue is coming up here. Uh, what? Uh, how do you think Rory's going to uh, pair up against Tiger in the feature pairing? Well, I I, I I think Rory will definitely hold his own. He's the type that you know has been able to. To stand up uh, in, in most cases, particularly of late, you, uh, if you kind of draw the line of demarcation at the tenth hole of last year's Masters, uh, you know he's done pretty good when being uh, at or near the lead. Remember that he held off uh, Tiger uh, charging at Honda with that 62 uh, that Tiger had on Sunday, and McElroy was able to stay one step ahead. Well, yeah, this will be fun, though. We're going to see. Uh, Tiger and Rory matched up here uh, now. Uh, this week at the, the Barclays, you got the, the exhibition uh, coming up. Yeah, and the Ryder Cup. And then Cup. the Ryder Cup. So uh, we'll get to see plenty of those two uh, duking it out here before the end of the year. Absolutely, and and it, it's a it's a matchup that I think a lot of people have been anticipating. You know, go back to the Masters of this year. I, I you know the I think the two center. Uh, centerpieces before this year's Masters. In fact, I forget which magazine did it, but they kind of put them, uh, drew them up in boxing uh, outfits with gloves and mouthpieces and the whole bit and said, you know, the Masters is going to be Tiger versus Rory. That one didn't turn out that way, but we might have some here later in the year. I liked uh, listening to uh, Tiger's press conference earlier where he referred to Rory as the kid. You remember when Tiger was the kid? Yeah, we have to go back a little ways, though. You know, the thirty-five-year-old man that he is now—God, <laughs> it's hurting all of us. None of us are kids anymore, are we? Oh, unfortunately. Um, so, who did, who's your pick on, on Sunday, Jeff? You what, know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to throw another name out who hasn't necessarily uh, been right in the mix, but but he's had a pretty good uh, run of late, and he's done very well at the Barclays, even though it's kind of bounced from place to place. That's Matt Kuchar. He won it two years ago. It was runner-up to Dustin Johnson last year. If he gets the putter going, we talked you know, talk about putting opening this segment, but uh, if he gets the putter going, uh, he's got just as good a chance as any. You think it's going to be about you know, keeping it in the fairway at distance, or is it, is it going to be about getting it up and down? I, if, if, if Beth Page plays like it did at the open, it's going to be keeping it in the fairway. But I don't know that they're going to grow the rough to that kind of uh, extent for this tournament. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think it's going to be one uh, heck of a tournament. Great venue. So much fun to watch. Uh, the crowds of New York hooping and hollering. Uh, it's uh, almost like going out to the to the tournament in Phoenix. It's uh, There's a lot of excitement, and it should be a great, great weekend of golf. We appreciate your time as always. Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel.
Thank you much. All right. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, once again, in the house, we have Phil Jaffe. Phil, tell our listeners where they can go purchase this Palm Bird Putter Grip. Uh, you can go to palmbird.com, P-A-L-M-B-I-R-D.com, and you can purchase them online. Uh, presently, we have them at a few different shops around the country, but uh, the website's the best place to go. All right, fantastic. And uh, we're going to have a few of these we're going to give away uh, in the upcoming weeks as we're, uh, as we're closing out the season with uh, the playoffs, and we appreciate that. The Palm Bird Putter Grip, and uh, right here in Orlando, Florida. We love innovation. Right, Rich Pete? Might even help your game. You know, Phil's Phil's a PGA member. He's well-respected, been around town here for quite a few years, and uh, a lot of people know him in the golf business. But his wife is more important than he is. Let's just get this right up straight. She is the official timekeeper or something for For the the Orlando Magic, yes. She sits right on the center line on the scoring table for the past 22 years. All the uh, players come up and do the high fives and the fist pumps, and they got their routines. And they, you know, they're, she's the good luck charm. And uh, yeah. who knew? <laughs> she is definitely way yeah. more. Uh, Check this out. She is way more visible than Phil. A lot more visible. No, yeah. no way. Move right over. Close. She is a celebrity. <laughs> I love it. I love and it. She keeps you around. What's, yeah. uh, what's up with that? I'm lucky. I'm Unbelievable. Lucky. All right. Well, Phil Jeffy, Palm Bird Putter Grips. Check it out. Palmbird.com. Um, this looks like it is could be a Best new product of the year, maybe, coming to the PGA show this year. So we, Thank we, you. we wish you a lot of luck. And, uh, Rich B., any final thoughts, any final yes. announcements? Yeah, you got the Hunter's Creek. Best comeback golf course of the year in southwest Orlando. Come on down, check it out. It's very cool. And uh, it's in great shape. It is absolutely in fabulous shape. Come on down, check out Hunter's Creek. All right, let's go around the table quick. Who's your pick on Sunday? The Barclays. I'm going to go with... Uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Oh, you are I'm just on the bandwagon. Come you on. You are such a chump. Come on. Outside the box here, okay? Uh, Although, actually. Dustin Johnson. All right. That's a good one. Phil? I'm going with Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Going with the Phils. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, well, I've been rooting for him for the last couple of weeks. I'm going with Bo. Bo Van Pelt. BVP. Only Bo knows. I want Bo to win. Maybe this is uh, his week. So there we have it. Hey, thanks to uh, Jeff Shane. How about that? Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. We have Bob Herrick, ESPN.com. Chris King with the World Amateur. You can check that out at worldam.com. And Phil Jeffy, Phil Jeffy, palmbird.com. Check it out. And coming up, uh, you're going to have some Braves baseball for uh, all of our baseball fans out there. And uh, we will be at the World Am golf tournament in uh, next week in Myrtle Beach. Come on. Are you taking me or not? Uh, I don't know. Are you coming? <laughs> there we go. Is that a promise? I would love to go to Myrtle Beach. Oh, my God. But uh, somebody's got to work. Um, all right. So for anybody that is interested in playing in this tournament next year, because we talk about it, we, we it's just a great event. And if you really want to to participate in one of the best tournaments in the country, it's the Myrtle Beach World Amateur Championship. You go to worldamgolf.com. Uh, the early bird special on this is 495 bucks. It gives you four days of golf, 72 holes of net stroke play competition with all the flight winners and ties advancing to the world championship playoff and uh, includes a great goodie bag and the 19th hole which is four nights a week rich b you can party from six 
two, nine, every single night for three nights and get a chance to see all the great new, um, all the great new uh, products out there. They've got a fantastic demo alley, simulators, long putting contest, and over 40 exhibitors. So if, uh, if you haven't done it before, check it out online, register. It's a great time. Um, Rich B? Beth Page Black. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be a great venue, great, ve- great TV time to watch. This weekend, Phil, what do you got? You wanted? Oh, I thought that uh, you know, letting women into Augusta. What about the ladies' masters? <laughs> oh, I like that. The and uh, let's let's. Oh, who do you think will the be future. the? Who do you think will be the first? Uh, do you think there'll be an LPGA player? Uh, Christy Kirk. I know. I'm going with Annika. Annika. <laughs> I, I would say it'll probably be I Annika. I think Christy Kerr will win the first ladies' masters. Or maybe maybe Nancy Lopez. We'll see. But uh, you know, in my mind, great, great, great uh, week for women's golf, and uh, we appreciate all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. The Golf Insiders. We're out of here.